Oh, welcome everybody to the Sports Predictor Podcast. I'm your host, Al Walsh. We're brought to you by SportsPredictor.com, where professional bettors share their best plays. Get the winning edge by subscribing to the Sports Picks packages from long-term winning bettors. Once again, that's SportsPredictor.com. Chris, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your uh, your betting background and, I guess, the type of experiences that you had in the industry? I've been placing bets since uh, you know young age, about sixteen. So that gives me um, about twenty-five years of experience. Wow. I would say that it's been a uh, rocky roller coaster road, just um, learning the industry and 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 how to win and profit long term, long term and short term, of course. Wait, all right, so you said about twenty-five years of experience that you've had there. What was your your opening, uh, you know, introduction to betting? I first started out playing parlay cards for um, a local bookmaker. My brother and one of his friends began to you know, circulate those cards some, and so I started playing out. And uh, At a young age, I was a sports fan and figured I could basically throw darts at a board just based off of watching games, I guess. At that age, uh, you don't know much about it. But, uh, and I actually hit my first parlay card, and ever since then, um, got more and more involved, and, and of course, you know, went from being a uh, young rookie amateur better who was unable to profit and actually lose money and uh, hang with it, have the commitment and dedication to uh, learn more about it and continue to hone my craft. So, with what you do, uh, are you more of a handicapper, or do you have uh, more of like a computer system that that does a lot of these trends and analysis? I consider myself more of a of handicapper, but I like to use all resources that are possible and combine those together, you know, to make a final determination on a position I would take. Um, but also, you know, it can vary from sport to sport on on how those different angles are factored into um, to how weighted they are in, in my decision. With with everything you do, obviously, you know, there's there's tons of work that goes into this. Uh, what what's a normal day in the week of uh chris goss and mike i would say i spend over 12 hours a day handicapping games for sure one of the benefits of course to having this as being my source of income and a job is the fact that i'm not really tied to the time on the clock so you know i can um, do a lot of work early in the morning or or late at night i try to watch as much film as possible so a lot of my schedule is dictated by uh, the day of the week and the start of the games and, and you know on on a saturday since i'm on vegas time you know the the games are starting at 8 9 a.m so usually friday night's a late night you know it's nothing to pull uh, an all-nighter into saturday and through saturday and you know spending the second half of saturday just uh, watching the games while also um, trying to handicap and finish up for the uh sunday right around the corner so it's all about handicapping all day, but, you know, also uh, try to find a little bit of time to um, do something outside of that because I think it is important to clear your mind and and um, be able to get to that silent point where you're you know making decisions uh, with a little bit of rest as well. Absolutely. I'm glad I'm not the only one who doesn't spend 24-7 uh, doing betting. I, I like to go out there, maybe go out to a little dinner or something like that. Uh, you know, just get away from the from the sports action. So sure. I, I found, you know, what uh, you just said was very interesting where you're watching a lot of game film. 
Uh, do you have I, not necessarily professional experience in that regard, but you know, like like how how do you watch film? What what are certain things that you're looking for? And also, I guess, do you have like a, a very elaborate setup, or is that just maybe watching like recordings of games that you have? Uh, well, I I have multiple TVs um, just for live watching, so that I can try to keep my eyes um, on multiple games. I consider my approach very similar to a coach mm-hmm. um, in regards to the teams, kind of considering them like assets. And it's very hard to, you know, for me to tell you to go ahead and predict, you know, the price of Apple by three o'clock tomorrow or who's going to win between. Michigan and Notre Dame by three o'clock tomorrow if you're starting from scratch. But if you continually track teams just like a coach and you know, like the great ones like the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick, and you're kind of in the loop and you're updating um, as they're you know making adjustments in regards to personnel and injury and coaching changes and things like that, that's um, you know one of the reasons why I watch is especially in football. Sometimes the stats are, are, are outliers and to depend on them on their own without seeing how those stats developed in a game can you know give you really a, a misread on what a team is capable of doing the following week. We did discuss uh, football here a little bit. Uh, obviously, I mean, that's, that's the, uh, the go-to sport here in the U.S., uh, any, anything else that you're working on? I, you know, besides baseball here, I see that uh, you know, you're doing that stuff for uh, Sports Predictor. Sure, uh, football, basketball, baseball, um, both pro and college. So when doing these different sports, I mean, obviously you're going to have certain things that are different when, when trying to analyze a game or you know a particular team or whatnot. Um, what would you say, I guess, is the biggest difference between some of these sports, I guess, in, in terms of your preparation? Like, what do you do for football that's different for, say, uh, baseball? Well, I think the mentality of the teams in regards to um, their emotions, uh, travel schedules, coaching changes, player changes, personnel changes, rule changes are uh, different by sport by sport. Football is has very few games, so you have you see these players and teams uh, only once a week. So a lot of things develops between you know the time that they play one game to the to another. Luckily, we're in the information age, so you know you, you get a lot of the gossip and the news that was hard to find years ago, and and that goes a lot into football because it's similar to war. Um, these teams spend all week preparing to to battle, rather it's to to defend their home or to attack another home. So I really think that um, the psychology of the team and the emotion of the team uh, in football is heavily weighted uh, compared to like baseball okay. and. Basketball, of course, because of the season being not nearly as many games and as long as baseball, but much more than football is kind of a medium of the two. Yeah, certainly, uh, you know, basketball, it's, you know, one of my favorite sports. But, you know, the uh, the travel schedule that I, I would consider it probably the worst out of any of the professional leagues out there, just in terms of the miles that they're traveling and, you know, whether they're playing back in back to backs, you know, in a different city that they were in the night before. How much uh, do you weight those sort of things uh, when, when betting basketball? I think that that comes down to being very involved in um, tracking the teams individually because mm-hmm. they all perform differently under those circumstances. Uh, I think it's less weighted now than, uh, of course, previous years because of the NBA 
making adjustments to the schedule so that teams aren't in those predicaments as much. Um, you know, they didn't want the stars resting, and that was the reason why. So, and also just because of the the world we live in and these teams, how much money the owners are spending on travel and and the air air travel and things like that, it's a little bit easier on them mm-hmm. than it has been before. But uh, different teams react differently. Um, and it's understanding, you know, that team seems like in the NBA, sometimes it's the younger uh, players uh, who aren't playing for as much other than a paycheck mid-season or late in the year to, you know, get a little loose whenever they fly into Miami on a Friday or Saturday night. Yes, very true. Miami, one of the greatest cities in America, of course. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, going from, I guess, process into uh, the marketplace out there, um, what, you know, what's your, I guess, main philosophy in trying to find value out there and to, you know, beat the beat the bookmakers on uh, the lines that they're giving out there? I think um, in regards to line movement and what other handicappers or profitable bettors are betting on i i try not to weight that too heavily and trust my own handicapping process on what i believe will happen with the game so i'm looking for you know a weaker number and trying to also not just of course you know in the long term we're trying to predict what's going to happen in the game but also predict how the market is going to react and how that number will move so to time the bet that you get the best value rather that be earlier in the week or waiting closer to kickoff, and of course that's a um, a skill in itself is to try to understand where the market will push the number. But in regards to where they push the number, uh, I, I don't waver in my decision making too much, unless and let you know I don't want to pick a game based on that slim of margins of a half a point or a point. So that's interesting, and I mean you know I know a lot of people out there they'll they'll always say you know go against the public. So again, if they got seventy seven percent of the bets. Uh, coming in on that team, you know, I, I guess most of us are kind of trained to go the other way in that regard. So I guess, you know, in your own words, trying to say, do, do you kind of feel like that's a faulty process or are there times where that is beneficial? Well, I believe that's a faulty process because it's, you know, rather you try, people trying to say they're siding with the book because, you know, the book, the book wins long term. Right. But the better who is taking that is still trying to predict that off of just that game whenever that game isn't um an end all to the sports books day or week so what they're trying to do just like a better is is win on the long term so of course there's going to be times that the public wins and and i'm not going to avoid making a wager that i believe has an edge off of what i have found because everybody else has found an edge or believes they have found an edge um, on the flip side, you know, I'm, of course, against the public a lot of time because the numbers that I'm able to find that uh, I'm willing to accept and take a position on are a lot of times because the numbers weak based off of how much the public is betting, and that just works in my benefit. Let's go into bankroll management here a little bit. Um, you know, for, for myself, for instance, I know, like, I cap. I cap off if I lose a certain amount each week, I'm done for the week. Uh, I know other people sort of have uh, similar similar uh, self rules, I guess, if you will. There, uh, any anything that you could speak to on that, or you just you know, does that even come into play for you? Uh, money management, of course, I think is uh, the most important thing, or <laughs> or at the least, just as important as handicapping the games and who you bet on. 
Uh, for me personally, I use a flat betting system, and I also do a high volume of bets. You know, just Pat Holmes didn't win MVP of the NFL last year by not throwing the ball, and Kobe Bryant didn't win championships by not taking shots. So I don't shy away from even a small edge because my bankroll management is set up for me to always have the same amount of bets available by scaling it up and down based on my performance. Mm. That also helps me build my bankroll because on times when I'm running hot and having consecutive days and weeks where things are going very well, I'm continually slowly upping my bet every day. And on times when maybe I'm missing the mark, then I'm slowly decreasing my bet every day. And I'm betting the same amount every single game and trying to get as close as I can to positive odds over the long-term course so that my win percentage to me isn't super important. And, um, you know, what I'm trying to do is bottom line, how much can I build my bankroll over the course of 100 plays? How much can I build it over the course of 500 plays, 1,000 plays? And not trying to get rich quick by this, but also being aggressive enough to build wealth. Gotcha. So now you did say, uh, you know, a high volume of bets is what you do. Does that mean that that's just multiple games or are you also doing, you know, futures or uh, first half lines, second half lines, all that? Uh, You know, how does that go for you? I'm willing to make uh, any bets that I feel confident (laughs) that I have an edge on. Rather it be first halves, futures, first quarters, full games, over-unders, point spreads, um, I usually stick with a flat um, straight bet for my main plan. But you know, just like a financial institution or something like that that makes investments, I do like to diversify and have some other side bankrolls set up for futures and also maybe a little teaser program that I want in the NFL as well. Um, but the large portion of my bankroll is for flat flat betting on uh, straight wagers uh, rather it be first half full games you know over unders point spreads gotcha so all right so we talked a lot about uh you know bankroll management just there uh, i guess a little bit about your history let's let's get into the people that were actually betting the money on here so i know you're a big baseball guy how do you see the rest of the season playing out in mlb well i i actually don't place a lot of bets this time of year um i kind of i kind of start out uh the season gradual until we start getting to see you know the development of some of the teams then it really ramps up and towards this time of the year kind of slow down um until the playoffs come around because the teams handicap them right now takes a lot of extra time because it's you know what are they each individually trying to accomplish at this time um meaning there are some teams who are just playing young players to develop them uh which Again, has to be individual based off of that team, who those young players are, if they're trying to teach them how to win, or if they've called them up from the minors prematurely uh, just to get a look at them whenever they know it's kind of without trying to, you know, lose games in a way because they're not giving themselves much chance. Um, So I haven't been super, super as it involved activity-wise and placing bets right now in MLB, even though, you know, when I do find an edge on firing off, it's just not quite as many a day. Um, But I'm very excited for the playoffs around the corner. Yes, indeed. So, I get with that, do you you have a World Series prediction for for all of us out there? Don't know if I'd be pulling the trigger on anybody right now based off of the current odds, but if I had to just name someone that I'm looking at, Mm -hmm. I I think – 
really prepared and ready from a lineup and pitching standpoint is I like the Nationals. Interesting, interesting. I'm a big Phillies fan, so not in love with that answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The other Phillies, you know, the injuries and and some other things this year. I, I just don't think they're there yet, especially with the uh, with the pitching. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, let's uh, move it over to football then, since that is that is king here in the United States. Uh, what are your expectations for, I guess, betting in general, right? Like we've seen so many states legalize sports betting. I mean, how, how do you see that playing out on, on the public? And, you know, is there, as a handicapper now, uh, does that sort of provide new opportunities, less opportunities for you? How do you see this all playing out? I love it. Um, I think the more volume and the more um, rookie and uneducated betting money that comes into the market, it will loosen up some lines. I know a lot of old school handicappers like to claim that, you know, the numbers are tighter than ever and tighter than ever, but I, I kind of disagree. I think um, as public money comes in, you know, the there are lines that are weakened based off of uh, fundamentals and some things that are undervalued by, you know, some of the uneducated money. So I think it's great. I think it's going to really provide a lot of competition in the bookmaking field in regards to uh, what they're charging for juice and um, I think it's a great thing I'm very excited for the uh, future of sports betting here in America so were there any I know we said we're going to talk about NFL here but just real quick I I had this question Um, considering some weakened lines which you just mentioned did did you see any instances of that this weekend in college football Uh, College football for week one, I I usually are placing um, double digits sometimes in wagers okay. over the weekend. But uh, this week, I, I only took six games. Um, you know, a lot of this is speculation early in the season of, of what we're hearing about the offseason and, and um, coaching changes and, and, and things like that, uh, personnel changes from just graduate and draft, where I, I like to um, – not jump too fast early in the season to let things develop a little bit, especially from week one. Um, but yeah, I, I did see some big underdog money lines that actually didn't pay off for me, but I liked one of them was I was way off the mark and that was, um, all the game last night. So I was way off the mark on the, the underdog last night. They, you know, didn't perform like I expected based off my handicapping. I also had Louisville tonight, and nice. Very nice. Uh, watching the watching the game and, and and watching that, I was you know very impressed with the direction uh, of the team, and I felt like I handicapped it properly, even though it was so close. I didn't think it would be that close. I thought uh, Notre Dame was under major upset alert because of um, all the change uh, in the in the defense in regards to personnel, but you know they did play very well. And over exceeded, and I also knew that you know, Scott Sutterfield was um, a phenomenal coach and, and a great pickup for Louisville. And they're a very talented group with lots of talent. They just didn't have the right leader of the ship. And most of this brings up back to stats and and looking at the past. I saw every Louisville game last year, not because I like them, just because it's um, you know a team that I followed and uh, watched as many games as possible. And it was all about the psychology of the team, you know, giving up no effort and things like that. So anyone who follows them well knows that there's a, a lot of, you know, four-star, three-star recruits on there who recruited from big-time schools and 
and they were just as fast and um, strong as Notre Dame. They're just getting their program on track. So, yeah, there. I thought there was some value in some lines this week, but unfortunately, it's it's uh, it's a time to be a little bit cautious until until we see how things come through and not just speculate based off of um, not seeing these guys since you know the end of last year. Sure. Um, back to the NFL. I know we we had that quick uh, offshoot there to college football, but. Uh, I just want to talk about uh, Andrew Luck and the Indianapolis Colts. Do you feel that, you know, I, I believe their win total went to seven and a half now. Uh, do you feel that that's an attainable mark for them to hit? And is there also a possibility that these guys can still win the AFC South? I um, I think seven and a half is pretty tight. Um, I, I can see them following, you know, losing or winning that by half a game. So yeah. I definitely wouldn't consider it um, something that I would place the wager on either way um, but I also don't think it's as bad as you know the media and the fans make it out to seem the backup quarterback has played well whenever he's had to play and you know again this goes back to speculation uh, we could speculate that it's going he's going to be horrible and this you know won't even be the quarterback in four weeks and be completely right or wrong and we could also in the NFL nowadays, these guys are all capable, and um, they all have the skills, so he could be an MVP contender. It's too early to tell. I wouldn't think that to be the case, but more than likely he'll fall somewhere in the middle. I don't know if it'll if it'll affect them uh, quite as much as, like I said, you know, it's a big deal, of course, and um, I wouldn't consider them Super Bowl contenders, but I also think that it's not as big as a fire as it's made out to seem by the, you know, the media. Okay. Uh, keep it on with that win-loss total thing for the NFL. Are there any teams that you expect to blow right past that total? And are there any, also, on the flip side of that, any teams that you think are going to come up just way short of their win total this year? Um, I, I actually, I don't have the, the win totals All right. right in front of me right now to, to review and that kind of insight. Some teams that I'm high on that I think that probably have low value in regards to that is, uh, the Oakland Raiders. Okay. Um, I, I believe that I trust in the Oakland fan base and, and I think it's the last year in Oakland and it's going to be a crazy place for, for visitors to come into, um, as one advantage that. I wouldn't think would be um, undervalued, but maybe it is by other people. Uh, I also feel like the offensive line has been very solidified, which may not really take continuity until after these first two weeks when they get Richie and Cognito back. And then they also have a uh, another offensive lineman who will be back probably after week seven. But even up to that, I think they have some depth there. And I think uh, Colton Miller um, at the tackle position is uh, – is a star in the making and, and a possible perennial Pro Bowl. And then, of course, uh, the center Hudson is is a, a veteran who really captains and commands the line. And also to keep going on about them, I think the defense is much improved. Um, having the same coordinators on offense and defense going into year two will, will really do well for uh, to, for both sides of the ball. So I like them to be much better at the line of scrimmage, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if they make a run at the AFC West. All right, cool. Uh, and then, again, on the flip side, uh, an overrated team out there? An overrated team out there? I shouldn't speak this out loud into the universe, but um, <laughs> I, I think the I think the Patriots might have a little bit of a down year. They're already having a lot of issues along the offensive line. Yep. Um, it's 
really almost going out on a limb, you know, to go against uh, anything that Bill Belichick touches. Um, and, and, of course, Tom Brady. And, and I'm not saying that they won't make the playoffs or something, but I don't know if it'll be quite the cruise control of, um, of last year. And, and I, I think Pittsburgh might actually expose a couple of those things um, to open up the season. So that's interesting, right? When we talk about the Patriots, uh, an off year for them is not winning the Super Bowl or, you know, essentially yeah. not even making it there. So if they if they do lose in like the second round or something like that, then yes, that that is an off year for the New England Patriots based off what we've seen so far. I, what's funny, the last time Tom Brady didn't play in an AFC championship game, Derrick Rose was the MVP. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's been well, and again, I I, I just judge them definitely week by week I, and um just like bill belichick you know uh, as a handicapper uh, i i try to always you know not not look too long range especially in the nfl you know we really have to see these teams play um again new england you know it's very likely and possible that that they come out and just destroy pittsburgh to open the season um on monday night but um I, I do think they have some issues to overcome, but they've proven in the past that, you know, even if they get off to a rough start because of um, some of those things that more than likely they'll make a push at some time. But um, I just don't think that they're they're quite um, the team that they were last year. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll be wrapping this interview up here within the next couple minutes. But um what exactly are you going to be doing for uh, sportspredictor.com this season? Uh, any cool features that we should be looking out for? And uh, I guess your uh, personal goals for this year. Well, I'll be um, providing exactly the uh, the games that I bet on off of my main card uh, every day for MLB, NFL, uh, NCAA football, NBA, and college basketball. I usually um, average probably seven to eight plays a day that I'll be releasing, and you know that comes out to over over 3,000 plays a year um, e- easily. Um, definitely a high-volume better, and like I said before, shoot or shoot. And, and you know, I believe that how to build your bankroll long-term is by doing that. And my goal with Sports Predictor is, is you know, I've had a long history of gambling. And in the very beginning, it was very tough, and, and you know, I've lost lots of money and definitely stuck with it, rolled the roller coaster to uh, – build a system and a handicapping process that uh, does provide me with a large increase in bankroll uh, over the course of a lot of plays, you know, over a year. So I'm looking to educate um, new sports bettors and maybe some other sports bettors who have had issues in the past rather with their um, handicapping process and no longer, you know, want to go through that. Uh, also smart bettors who, who look for somebody who does all that work for them because it is very time consuming and based off of some people's size of bankroll, they can't necessarily, uh, make this as a source of income at that time. So, you know, educating people, trying to consult them so that they don't have to go through the long curve of, of learning, you know, how to profit in sports betting. All right. Uh, any uh, any closing words out there for uh, anybody? I, I know uh, you know you just laid all your goals out there, but um, I guess for uh, you know again we'll be turning this into written content. But uh, any any wise words that you'd give to somebody, maybe just uh, you know starting out and uh, kind of just ha- having this as a side hobby that wants to take it to the next level. 
I think it's a dangerous side hobby to have. And <laughs> if someone, <laughs> if someone um, is really serious, um, you know, if you want to bet the games and you want to bet a little bit of money just to have a little bit of chase on the game and enjoy it a little bit more, then only play what you can afford to lose. If you're looking to turn this into um, a side income or a full-time income, I think you need to treat it like a business and set it up like a business, uh, have a starting bankroll, create a system and a bankroll management that's going to always keep you in the game and never let you go broke, even if you have to you know, bet less a game or whatever it is to learn, and um, also have a long-term look. You know, there's going to be some downtimes and there's going to be some times when you're wrong, but you really have to trust in and more about what you're doing offensively in regards to placing your best to make money without worrying so much, um, you know, about um, what you would call the defense in the sports books and, um, you know, what, what they're setting lines at and what the public's doing and continually um, learn. You know, you have to read and you have to get better at what you do, rather it be this or anything else. So in the very beginning, I think it's very important to, again, set up a business plan to where you know, you know what you're putting into this and you know what you want out of it and then figuring out the process in the middle to get you to where you want to be. All right. All right. Well, thank you for your time. Uh, you know, we're certainly going to hear a lot from you throughout the year on uh, sportspredictor.com, sure. and I'm sure we'll get another podcast going on out there, and uh, we'll make this uh, one hell of a season. Thanks, so. Al. All right, folks. Once again, sportspredictor.com is where you need to be. We'll see you next time.